Hello, and welcome to another episode of FN I'm Doing a Podcast. I'm Curtis Wakanda, the variant MCU Grief Counselor. In this episode, we're going to talk about the movie There's Someone in the House, Inside the House. Uh, it's off of Netflix. It dropped today, and it's uh, directed by Patrick Bryce with executive producers Sean Levy and James Wan of malignant fame. Uh, how can I describe this? If you have never watched a slasher in your life, it is without a doubt one of the best intense slashers going. It is perfect for any uh, high school kid who is entering horror for the first time and wanting to see something that would surprise them because they've never really watched scary movies. So this would be intense to them and gory to them and bloody to them. Uh, for me, it was really echoing Scream vibes, like almost the playbook to Scream, uh, in a way. And I like Patrick Bryce. I enjoy his work. He created a film called Creep and Creep 2, which are without a doubt, some of the most unsettling, uncomfortable, really uncomfortable found footage horror that you'll watch. Uh, Creep is honestly in my top five of greatest found footage horror movies of all time. So I went in on that. Sean Levy being a part of it, you can see the Stranger Things vibe from the font of uh, There's Someone Inside the House to the red glare of the cover of the uh, movie and the tone. Um, not so much a nostalgic tone, and you, it had that vibe. Uh, other than that it is a movie about a killer who can use a 3D printer and assemble and assume the face of its killers which adds to the creepiness on top of that this person knows everyone's secrets like everybody's secrets and there is a little plot point that did not get revealed really until the third act because had it got revealed earlier, you would have figured out who the person was. And while and you would have figured out who the person was and would have been looking at this person like you're the you're the killer. There's way too many Easter eggs really exposing you as the killer. You have to be the killer in this. And when it gets revealed, it is a it would be a very wicked surprise to uh, the fans of uh, this particular genre uh, if who's never seen a horror film before uh, they would be like oh my god that happened that's wild I wonder uh, what's going to happen next and then you kind of sit there and you go I know what's going to happen next and this is going to happen, and this is going to happen. Uh, I'm not one to shit on this film because I know this film is definitely not made for me. It's made for someone who is very young, who is half my age, if not more. And it was made for someone who really isn't uh, a horror movie person. It's made for someone This may be their first film. And it really is the one that breaks them into all sorts of movies. 
this film is for type of people who discover Halloween for the first time. This is a film for those people who are just coming into the whole horror movie angle of things. And they're not sure what they're, where they're going to go. But it's here. Uh, I was thoroughly entertained throughout. I was intrigued because I wanted to see where they would go. I wanted to see where it would, where it would fall in line with the rest of the uh, uh, horror movies that are out there. I, where it would fall in line with slashes that we've seen before. So, color my surprise when it turns out to be... So imagine my surprise when this film hits all the beats of films that I've seen before. And there were several. And it hit several beats. That is why it kind of intrigued me when things played out the way they did in this. Uh, you have your main character, uh, man, I'm trying to remember her name now. Uh, I want to say it's Akina. Uh, she is from another, another uh, school. She transferred after a horrible hazing incident that we really don't get to know about until uh, flashbacks sort of reveal what really happened with her. And that plays a factor as well. Uh, they don't really reveal that part till the third act. That's not a downside to this. Uh, you, you're introduced to the school, and the school is made up of probably some of the most uh, vapid uh, young adults that I have honestly seen since an MTV uh, horror film or show. Uh, yeah, none of these kids. I I I wasn't sure where they were going with it. The opening is strong. It's got a very strong opening. And it's even got a very strong start as to what was going on. There's a lot of mystery. And you, you know that you know this is basically playing the screen playbook. So I'm immediately going, okay, we're going to get uh, the Sydney of this is going to be introduced. We are going to get uh, that introduction to Sydney, the Sydney character, and what's going on with her. And as it unfolds, you're kind of like, okay, this is unfolding here. We're getting the Sydney character, and there's this motive here. She has a boyfriend in it that she hasn't really talked to of late. Um, they're strained. They still hang out. They still hang out with each other, but uh, or they just they end up getting back, but it's a secret. Everyone in the school has secrets, and they end up having a secret party where they get to reveal their secrets. And some of them are very vapid, but the main core group is uh, made up of, I think, uh, made up of uh, two, one guy who's a football player who gets outed uh, after the uh, person who outed him is hazed and murdered viciously at the beginning of the story. Another person is uh, brought in to it who is uh, 
another football player whose family name, you know, is very reveled. Everybody hates him. But he's not a he's not an asshole. He's aware of it. He's so self-aware that he exposes his dad's Nazi memorabilia in one, in one scene. Exposing all that. Uh, it ends up... You, you end up... I, I was intrigued by the premise and what was going on. Uh, what kept me on was I wondered what they were going to do to copy Scream. How many beats I was going to see in this. Not because I wanted to shit on it in a podcast. I wanted to talk about this movie that I really found intriguing. There's great atmosphere that's built up. Patrick Bryce builds great atmosphere that's really good and creepy. And it kills me that they had this screen playbook they were using. And they deviated in a couple of ways. But uh, they there's certain things that were too familiar to screen. Had the one character not had a brother that was a deputy that would have taken that would have uh, that would have changed things up a little bit you wouldn't have been thinking oh that's the Dewey character uh, or that's the brother of Dewey's character instead of the sister of Dewey's character sister of Dewey um, so they played on that uh, you had uh, I like that it was very uh, diverse it wasn't like your typical main character was not a blonde haired blue eyed white girl in it I like the fact that it was a black girl in this that, that they didn't play on the fact of that that this is a normal kind of thing now where slasher movies don't have to say uh, oh you're black and you're a blue character no uh, they're able to tell a story tell a horror story without you having to look for oh this person doing this they're doing this oh this is the black Sydney you know you're gonna hear some assholes throwing that kind of bullshit uh, so that doesn't happen I was very intrigued by certain little ideas that they were going with for the story. There's a lot of cool things that happen in it that are interesting, that make it fun. Uh, it's a very short film. It's like an hour and 27 minutes long at best. Uh, they, everything ends up, com- ends up coming together in the last 10 minutes or so, uh, where the boyfriend turns out to be the killer. Hey, we've all seen that before, folks. We've watched Scream, and the girl has doubt about her boyfriend. A huge clue while she's with him reveals that he might be the killer, so she has to duck away from him, uh, like Sydney did in the first Scream. Uh, she ends up getting separated from her friends. Uh, there's a corn maze situation, and she's got to go. She misses the bus, so she's hanging out. And she sees the boyfriend who just got out of jail, you know, and everything. And she takes off running because, oh, he's the killer, he's the killer. And she runs into the school, and you already know what to expect. She's going to run into somebody who's not her boyfriend. She's going to run into somebody who just happens to be another character. And it ends up being another friend who gets stabbed. And the killer's there, and he hands her the knife, and you're going, oh, shit. They're, gonna, they're, they're not going to go that route. And they did there wasn't. They didn't waste time with a whole 15-minute montage about her being a killer, possibly in this. Uh, instead, they skipped over that shit and jumped right to the corn maze, where the mayhem is already happening. The killer has set fire to the corn maze. He has killed various kids left and right because they all have secrets, and he uh, ends up. He ends up showing up. Ends. He ends up being the kids showing up to save the kids. They end up having to save the asshole jocks at the beginning of the uh, movie super assholes and this and they end up saving their ass and 
the other two kids take off, and then the rest of the Scooby gang, her and her boyfriend, take off into the four maze to help save everyone. To help save Chad. Chad's the, uh, Chad's the main character. Not main character. Chad's the jock guy whose dad owns part of the town, owns all the land in town. And he's supposed to be, he outed his dad for being a fucking Nazi. And they show up, and they confronting, they, they get to the cornmill center, and the dad who's now trying to be the new cop because oh yeah by the way uh, since the police was under banned he brought in his own private security team and they kind of reveal that oh yeah by the way Chad's dad wants to be cop too and wants to take over the police force and privatize it in this town and you're thinking oh shit this fucking Nazi is going to bring in more Nazi characters in this hometown and it's going to be real fucked up and so that's what that's what ends up happening. Um, but anyway, they get to the center of the corn maze, and suddenly uh, you've got the killer in the sheriff, uh, not the sheriff, but her dad, the dad's, the rich dad's uh, face, pleading, "I have a family. You can't do this. I have a family." And he's like, "I have a family. You can't do this." And the killer doesn't say anything. And suddenly. Uh, the main character girl, I'm trying to remember her name now, I'm sorry, folks. She's really great in this. She really does a great Sydney. She really adds to herself. Also, her secret in this thing turns out she uh, she was being hazed and they shoved all kinds of shit in her, got her real dizzy and drunk to the point where they didn't know where they were at. And she accidentally pushes one of the pledges into the fire. Doesn't kill them, but she pushes them into the fire and it burned them. And so that's her big secret that she went to town, not going to reveal. Um, another friend uh, uses fentanyl to uh, help him get through mentally. And he didn't want that to be a secret. And so that was going on. So back to the final part. Uh, so as soon as the killer, the killer, uh, she screams, uh, basically, hey, asshole. And the killer and the dad, look, because the dad's fucking asshole. And the killer says, fuck it. And sticks the dad straight in the uh straight in the straight in the uh in the chin and the sword he's using goes straight up i mean it's an awesome effect and it was so awesome and gory some great kills in this by the way and suddenly he goes shit and you suddenly realize wait a minute that voice sounds familiar it should it's chad chad killed his dad and he goes I was wanting to be more dramatic. I wanted to have a. I wanted him to whimper some more. I had a great line that I was going to use. Now I can't. I want to look him in the face and watch dad is dead, completely dead. And he goes, and you guys fucked it up for me. And the boyfriend tries to do something and he stabs him straight, straight in the stomach. And he drops like dominoes. And then the girl, uh, oh yeah, he tried to use a taser because earlier another character was uh, the killer used a taser on uh, the people that would do them before he kills them and so he tried to do the same thing and didn't work and he got stabbed and so she happens to so just when he's getting ready to stab her her boyfriend is still alive has a taser in hand and says hey asshole and he ends up using the taser on, on the boyfriend allowing her to stab the killer and take him out and basically uh they ends up going fading the black and she she basically says oh you're worse than everybody and you know everybody's secret you ain't know you ain't shit and 
after he kills him, you know, she kills him and everything, it fades to black. And it shows, uh, it goes back to where they're all in school and everybody is, uh, uh, they're all graduating now. Or it's graduation, I think. Yeah, it's graduation. So everybody's taking pictures. And the kid who got stabbed in the stomach, her estranged boyfriend, is with her and they're together. And her Mima is taking pictures of her. Uh, it really fucked her world up. The character, the character, they, they took a different thing with her. She's not necessarily Sydney because they added some different elements. Like uh, what the hazing incident crippled hers, uh, broke up her entire family to where they can't even look her, I guess, in the eye anymore, and they sent her to her to her grandma. So she's been living with her grandma ever since. Uh, and instead of having the whole angle where uh, you have the scream situation with the mom's past, it was more on the lines of, uh, that wasn't, that wasn't, that didn't play into anything. So that's going on. Uh, so that's kind of wild. That's going on. Um, I, I really, really, uh, I, this, it, it, after all that said and done, that was it for me. The kills are great. There's a kill involving a right wing, uh, preacher girl who happens to be, uh, a fucking racist Nazi who calls liberals libtards and shit like that. And she got done up pretty good in this, uh. In, in the uh, church, and I thought the whole church scene with her, with her, uh, with him exposing her by showing her podcast in the church and playing all the racist shit she was saying for everyone to see, and then she hides into confessional, and then he stabs into the confessional door in the mouth because her mouth played a huge role in spreading shit. But this was your above average tip of different film. Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought there was some atmosphere. I, I thought the atmosphere that uh, Patrick Bryce brought to the story uh, was great. Uh, this is something that I feel that people is on Netflix, and it's going to be one of those Netflix films that uh, is going to have some intriguing capability to it. That's going to have people more interested than than not. And but for the horror fan that's been watching horror movies forever. It's really not going to bring anything new to the table. I'm sorry to say, uh, you're going to, if you're a horror fan, you're going to be disappointed. If you're, you're going to be disappointed at immediately because it's going to be, you're going to get the scream vibe right in your face and it's not going to hold back. And honestly, they play that playbook to a T just about. There were some differences here and there and tone here and there. Uh, I mean, it doesn't have that kick-ass score from the first Scream. It has a lot of poppy-type music of characters, you're, of, of acts that you don't even know. Or at least my age, I didn't know. Uh, but overall, it's a pretty standard movie. And uh, that's really all I can say. It's a pretty standard movie. Um, it's a great rental for Netflix. Or for, It'd be under a rental for me for Netflix, as far as what it's what's all about. I uh, I've spent the past 19, 19 minutes reviewing this, and I could have finished early. But the thing that kept me kept me really intrigued here is the tone of Patrick Price. Patrick Price, I want to see. I know he can do better because Creep exists. Creep and Creep Two is just some some wild shit. 
and you have to watch Creep. Creep alone, uh, which honestly, I would like to see that standalone, and I heard that they're going to make a third, and I hope that it's better than the second one. The second one wasn't disappointing, but there's, 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 there's a whole lot of effect to the first one, because you don't know what's going to happen next. You don't know this character's motivations, and I know he can do, he can do better than that. Uh, James Wan already showed that he can do no wrong after Malignant. He can produce some great shit and put it out there, but I kind of wish that he would have said, hey, this is too familiar to screen. Or maybe it's too, it's familiar, it's the screen for a new generation, basically. I mean, screen came out over 20 years ago, so it's got a whole, we got a whole new generation of kids that are just raised, being raised on some stuff. And this could be something to bring them in the horror. It's not a bad thing to bring them in the horror. It's actually, it's intriguing play by the numbers thing to get them in the horror. But this has been the uh, review of uh, There's Someone Inside the House. And uh, I thought it was okay. But uh, I think teenagers will enjoy it. Anyone over 30 is not going to enjoy it. Uh, they're going to go, we've seen this shit before. But uh, this has been F and I'm doing a podcast. I'm Curtis, and we will talk again shortly.